want to welcome you guys to another episode of The Jar. I'm your host, Tony Orotone, whichever you want to call me. Um, again, a sports broadcast that allows you to kind of watch as I provide facts and opinions for different sports. And you guys decide if you like it, hate it, or want to steal it. Um, today, we're going to start um, with the actual week 13 of the NFL season. And this was a pretty good, uh, pretty good week, actually. Um, I actually love this week. This week was kind of, again, kind of getting the actual playoff arrangements in order, wild cards, um, NFC, AFC division leaders, as well as, like, who's going to be the number one seed for both AFC and NFC. Um, so let's jump right into it. Um, the first game we had for this actual week was the Seattle Seahawks, which is the Thursday night game of November 30th um, versus the Dallas Cowboys. And that game was actually um, quite entertaining. Um, we do think that Dallas is um, potentially a good contender to win a championship. But again, they haven't been playing good competition, so they've been kind of beating up on bad competition. And this was kind of a good challenge for them because Seattle, although their record doesn't say that they're that good, being six and six, um, they were going into the game, obviously six and five. Um, it's still a good challenge for Dallas because, you know, everybody else has been below 500. So they've been beating up on the competition, which is good. You're supposed to beat down the good, the bad competition and rise up to the, uh, to the better competition. Um, but this game was a little telling for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They have a uh, pro bowler, soon to be pro bowler in Dewan Bland, who's pretty much been pick sixing every game again against bad competition and, mm, uh, pretty good quarterbacks, not great, but at the same time, you can't knock the fact that he has the record for the most pick sixes in a season. Um, but they exposed him right away. They went to DK Metcalf. Um, I mean, literally, uh, Geno Smith saw DK Metcalf right away, and he kind of saw Dewan Bland cluing, which means he was trying to watch the eyes of the um, – the quarterback and trying to get another pick because he's been lucky this year to get so many and they exposed him. DK Metcalf actually went off this game. DK Metcalf went into this game with three touchdowns all season. He actually had three touchdowns this game, one being first uh, 72 yarder. So um, it was kind of telling on Dallas. Now, don't get me wrong. They still play great and um, Dak Prescott actually showed that he's a great quarterback or he's a surging quarterback and an MVP candidate quarterback for the season. So even though it was kind of nip and tuck and um, Seattle gave them a great game, it was a good challenge for them. And I think if Seattle maybe made a few more plays here and there, they may have pulled out the victory. But Dallas was victorious because, once again, Dak Prescott is playing a great um, deal of quarterback this year. So can't take away from him, can't take away from them. And Dallas end up winning this game 35-41, um, being victorious. So, you, again, I mean, it was challenging for them. Um, they needed this really because they had been playing bad competition. So, even though this wasn't the top-notch competition, this was something for them to kind of put their head on and say, okay, this is a good winning team. Uh, they got good receivers, a pretty good quarterback, and for them to still pull a victory out, you got to give it to them. The Sunday's games um, on the slate, we had first the uh, Los Angeles Chargers versus the New England Patriots. And honestly, um, 
I don't think it gets worse than this. I mean, New England is pretty much over with. I don't know what Bill Belichick is going to do um, between the team not knowing who their quarterback is going to be, uh, between what I think it's Billy Zappi and then you have Mac Jones. Um, the defense is going to do what they're going to do because Bill Belichick is always going to hold his hat on his defense, but just the whole team in general. They don't just have anybody on the offensive side, and it showed. I mean, in the Chargers, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. I don't know if they just need to do change of coaching I don't know but they just they are too talented to not be able to score I mean now this game ended up being 6-0 with the Chargers pulling out the victory and I know New England's defense is really good but come on for the Chargers to only score six points I mean I get it New England didn't score at all which which says you can't even get a field goal in the game and you're at home that's horrible but for the Chargers to not even score six points I mean not nothing but six points it's like oh man so I mean I don't see them making the playoffs as talented as they is. I know they're missing players. Um, you know, Mike Williams obviously is a big key to their um, to their victories. But, again, you still have Keenan Allen out there. You still have Austin Eckler out there. So, I don't really like the excuses. I would just like to see them um, score a few more points. I mean, you have a great quarterback, supposedly, in Justin Herbert, top 10, arguably. A lot of people sometimes feel like he's top five talent. They just haven't been showing it this year. And again, I don't know if it's just the schemes. Again, I don't know if it's the defense coordinator um, because their um, defense allows the most passing yards um, through this whole season up until this point. And then their offense is just, they just lackluster on the scoring side. So they won, but I don't know if you can really say this is a victory because you you won against the New England Patriots who are 2-10. The next game on the slate was the Detroit Lions versus the New Orleans Saints. Um, Detroit needed this victory because they have been looking lackluster, to say the least, as of recent. And New Orleans Saints aren't really that good. So even though New Orleans is at home, both teams are dome teams. So you kind of had a feeling that Detroit was going to pick up where they kind of left off when they were playing good. And they did. It was a lot of points scored, not really any defense scored. I think New Orleans is in a situation where they're in a rebuild. They have Derek Carr. They have uh, Jameis Winston. But they really don't have a quarterback at all. Sometimes Derek Carr looks like he's good. Sometimes he looks like he's great, and a lot of times he looks like he's lost in the system. Um, again, you have some injuries between Chris Olave and then now Michael Thomas is on IR, IR again. So, again, I think they're in a situation where they're in a rebuild. I think it's time to kind of just let pieces like Michael Thomas maybe go to a contender maybe next year. Um, just kind of start over, and that's okay. Detroit ended up winning this game 33-28, which – Thankfully, they won this game because it was nip and tuck at the end. But, again, Detroit has something to play for. I think New Orleans is kind of just trying to figure themselves out. So we'll see in the rest with the rest of the Reeks um, going if they care about winning or if they're just kind of trying to just rest it out. Uh, the next game on the slate was the Atlanta Falcons versus the New York Jets. Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets. Nothing really much to talk about here, people. Atlanta won 13-8. The Jets are who they are. Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to come back. He may come back to take some snaps just to kind of get his legs together. But the Jets have a great defense and it's wasted now at this point. Their record is 4-8. and eight. The Atlanta Falcons is 6-6. Six and six, And they're leading their division, might add, in their lackluster, to say the least. So that game wasn't really worth talking about. I mean, if you're a fan of Atlanta or if you're a fan of the Jets, cool. But, uh Next game on the slate was the Arizona Cardinals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Pittsburgh is 
it's hard to kind of understand Pittsburgh. Now, you walked into that game, and if you were watching that game, you figure Pittsburgh at home. I know their quarterback isn't really that good, and I know Kyler Murray is way better than their quarterback, but they uh, Arizona doesn't really have weapons like that. They really don't have anything to play for except for the fact that Kyler Murray is trying to get his footing back after being on IR at the beginning of the season. So you figure Pittsburgh defense will still dominate the game, and um, Kenny Pickett wouldn't have to do as much, and they will remain victorious, but it wasn't. Kenny Pickett got hurt. Um, Mitchell Trubisky came in, um, and their offense was still the same. Lackluster. Um, again, the running game isn't the best. Sometimes it looks great. It's pretty much if their defense isn't dominating the game and keeping their competition or their opponent below 10 points, Pittsburgh doesn't have a chance to win. Yet, Pittsburgh does have a great record. They're 7-5, but they're pretty much going to be if they do get in the playoffs, which I think they will, um, I feel like they'll be they'll be limping into the playoffs because they feel like their defense can get them to the promised land. But I think in reality, they know if they don't get at least 15 points from whichever quarterback they have, they don't have a chance. So they end up losing this game 24-10, which again was surprising. But like I said, if their defense doesn't show up, then they don't have a chance. Kind of reminds me of the Jets a little bit, but yeah. Um, the next game, which ended up going into overtime, was the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. A very good game. And the Indianapolis Colts are actually showing up. Um, they are actually looking really good. I mean, the defense is playing top-notch. The offense is playing top-notch. And this is without their star rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who has been out for some time. Gardner Minshew has stepped in and took took the team by the horn and Pretty much that's what they're doing. They're winning the games. They're trying to win the division. And we may be seeing the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, which, of course, we thought, hey, Gardner Minshew, he's always kind of been serviceable, kind of been serviceable. But, you know, it's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick in a sense. You know he can play a little bit, but how far can he get, um, in in my opinion? Um, Tennessee, they're – Again, I think they're going to start to be in a rebuild phase. Derrick Henry did have a good game. Uh, unfortunately, when they went into overtime, um, he went out with a concussion-like symptoms. So um, they end up losing that game, 31-28. Um, again, it's a situation where one team, being the Indianapolis Colts, has something to play for, and another team in the Tennessee Titans are really trying to figure themselves out. And I think eventually they'll start to go into rebuild, maybe let um, DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry maybe go to a t- – maybe go to a contender next year because um, this year, I mean, you know, they don't really have anything to play for. I mean, I guess trying to see how good the quarterback will be, which he looks like he has potential, but they don't have anything to play for. Not at this point. The next game on the slate was the Miami Dolphins versus the Washington Commanders. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, Miami, I know they haven't played great competition, but they're a force to be reckoned with. Tyreek Hill is a different type of guy. I mean, he pretty much can catch anything and house it. Hitches, go routes, it doesn't matter. End of rounds, it doesn't matter. If he gets even, he's leaving. Funny thing is, you know, the refs have gotten to the point where they told him don't use the peace sign because obviously – They'll say it's taunting, but it's like they figure like he's going to do it every game because he's pretty much going to score every game or have 100-plus yards every game. I mean, their offense is rolling. Now, again, they haven't beat great competition. Um, They haven't beat teams above 500. So 
that's the real question in hand. For as good as their offense is and their defense looks like it's revving up, can they beat good competition? Now, getting Jalen Ramsey back, the defense is looking healthy. It may help them, especially if they could be the number one team in the AFC and everybody has to come to Miami um, dealing with that heat regardless of the um, the month. That'll still be different for certain individual teams and certain individuals, might I add. So they got a chance. I'm just not sure how much of a chance they have, but I'll tell you this. Tyreek Hill is an MVP candidate. In my opinion, he should be at the top because he has 1,400-plus yards, and we're only in week 13, and I think he's going to get that 2,000-plus yards. So, I mean, I know it's a quarterback thing for the MVP. Um, it's like they don't think about anybody else, but 2,000 yard, 2, yards receiving is incredible. And honestly, at this pace, depending on who their schedule is, they, he may even get 21 or let's say even 2,200. That's impossible for him not to be thought about. So um, that game was way out of hand. Miami did what they needed to do, and they beat the Washington Commanders 45-15. Again, the Commanders in rebuild. Coach will probably be gone next year, and we'll see. But for now, they're just they're, they're out of there. The next game on the slate was the Denver Broncos versus the Houston Texans. Um Actually, that was a good game to watch if you're a fan of both teams. And even if you're not a fan of both teams, um, you like the fact that Denver's starting to rev it up. They've been on a good uh, four or five game winning streak. And then, of course, if you're a fan of the rookie C.J. Stroud, who's been turning ears, um, eyes, whatever you want to call it, because he's not playing like a rookie at all. He looks like he's been in the league at least three to five years, veteran status, understanding the defenses, understanding his offense. And again, he's making players around him look good that we didn't think or even know about him I mean for example Tank Dell unfortunately Tank Dell is out for the season with a broken fibula um he can still win the game now I'll say this they won the game 17-22 and it was mostly because Russell Wilson did something he hasn't done all season he threw three interceptions in the second half. So, in a sense, he kind of helped them. I think Denver may have pulled this game off, but um, Houston did what they needed to do. Obviously, their head coach is a uh, middle linebacker from the past. was pretty good in his own, um, him being D'Amico Ryan. So, when his offense scored 22 points, which is, you know, again, that should be enough to win some games. He made sure his defense stepped up in the way that they need to to help his offense for once. And that's what you need, right? Sometimes you need your defense to just play a little better. And even though his offense scored 22 points, which is in most cases enough for you to win games, you like to see that. You like to see his defense can kind of get in there and say, hey, we're here this week too. We're here to help. And with three interceptions all being in the second half, they remain victorious. And again, who knows? The Houston Texans may get in the playoffs. And I'm going to say it again, depending on who they play, it could be scary. Kansas City, if they play Kansas City, that could be scary. I'm going to say it again because I believe Kansas City isn't the same team. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the same guy, but I would just like to see that. The rookie quarterback against one of the, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, that, would be a good, that would be a good thing for the NFL. Next game on the slate was the Carolina Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, nothing much to say here, people. Uh, Carolina's one eleven. Um, Bryce Young is still trying to figure out who he is. Um, Tampa Bay isn't good, but they're better than them, so they end up winning eighteen twenty one. Um, it's nothing really to say. It's um, except for appreciate Mike Evans. He has, I think, a thousand yards in ten straight seasons. I don't know why he doesn't get talked about a lot. 
he's a really good receiver. Um, maybe because he's one of those humble receivers. He doesn't say much, doesn't really, you know, have too many attitudes. You see him at times, you know, talking on the side, but he doesn't really cause chaos. But he doesn't really get talked about like he should. Now, he did when obviously he had um, Tom Brady because of, you know, Tom Brady's aura. But Mike Evans is a really, really good receiver. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Mike. Um, again, they could be in a rebuild, but he has, you know, he's still, he's not long in the tooth and he still has a lot in the tank. So it would be good to see what they're going to do with him and Chris Godwin. But don't sleep on Mike Evans. Really great receiver. Again, 10 seasons, 1,000 yards. Not everybody can say they did that. And Jerry Rice is one of them that can. So that just shows you how great that must be. The next game on the slate was the Cleveland Browns versus the L.A. Rams. Um, didn't really know how to diagnose that game. I honestly thought it would be closer than what it is. But um, I think the Rams are showing resilience. Um, they beat some teams that you didn't expect them to beat. They beat Seattle twice um, this year, even though we think Seattle's a better team than them. Uh, division rival, obviously, but still, they beat them twice. This is with Cooper Cup being unhealthy, Puka Nakua uh, being kind of, um, you know, a step-in rookie who's been having a, a really, really good offensive season. Um, so you thought maybe entering this game against Cleveland that they would kind of beat each other up, you know, because, uh, again, the Rams' defense is not where it was, but it's still pretty good. I just think it came down to talent, like I always say, and talent trumps all. And the fact of the matter is Matthew Stafford is better than whatever that the Cleveland Browns had. Now, I'll say this. Cleveland Browns have Joe Flacco at the um, helm now. Um, I guess they decided they needed a veteran because I think they feel that they have a good chance in the playoffs with a serviceable quarterback. And we know Joe Flacco is a different quarterback in the playoffs than he is in the season. He's pretty much nothing in the season, but he's better than what they have. And if he could just pull some of that old Joe Flacco out of him that he used to have in Baltimore with that defense, they may be all right. Um, you never know. Um, uh, Amari Cooper had a concussion, so he ended up going out. I think he came back. But I think um, at the same time, they do have a chance as long as their defense is playing the way they're playing. I don't know about Super Bowl chance, but, again, I'm all about having a chance to scare teams, especially affect teams that we all think are going to go to the Super Bowl and let's say they lose because it's only one game and that's all you need is one game. But the Browns did lose 19-36. So look out for the Rams. The Rams could be scaring some people, and they may get in the playoffs. And with those two receivers, um, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, they, um, I would say this. I don't think Seattle will want to play them again. Let's just say that. The next game, this might have been the game of the week, the game of the month, the game of the year. Um, the game was a decade. Nah, I might be overdoing it, but it was a game that we have been waiting for every since last year. When Brock Purdy got hurt, we all felt, well, I think most people felt that San Francisco did not have their best team out there. Nick Bosa got hurt. Fred Warner got hurt. A lot of people forget that. Brock Purdy went out with some weird, torn something in his arm i don't know i'm not a doctor i just know it was hard to look at and he was gone so they were pretty much i mean san francisco went to like three quarterbacks three to four quarterbacks in a full season and to lose the promising irrelevant draft pick brock purdy who's been pretty much surgical and winning that was hard to see and 
they felt like they owed Philly. They felt like if Brock Purdy was there, they would have beat Philly. And it showed. They were all black to the game. They have, honestly, I think they've been, they've been preparing for this game more than any game this season, honestly. That's the way they came out. Dallas, I think they were prepared to beat Dallas down because I think they want to show Dallas you're not good as us, but you're good. You're just not us. But I think they wanted to show Philly, if we had Brock Purdy and everybody was healthy, you guys can't do anything. Now, I do believe Philly is not as good as they were last year, but a record's a record. They were um, – 10 and one coming into this game. So they were still winning games, even though it was last minute, they went into about four or five games um, behind, but you can't knock a team that comes back and wins because those are the victorious teams. Those are the teams that can win Super Bowls. When they're behind, they can find ways to win. That's what we like to see. Resilience, not this game. This game got ugly right after halftime. Um, it got ugly. I mean, and it showed it showed the skilled players of San Francisco is better than the skilled players for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they may not have a better wide receiver than A.J. Brown, but they have better skilled players than everybody on Philadelphia. You're talking about Debo Samuel. Oh, did he have a game? Brandon Ayuk. Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle doesn't even get the catches he should, but he plays his role. Um, and that hog in the middle, Trent Williams, who makes sure he locks down that left side. These guys, I, I don't even want to mention the defense because you guys know their defense. You know about Chase Young. You know about Nick Bosa. You know about Fred Warner. And, I mean, it was they, – they, they decapitated Philadelphia. And I'm going to say this, and – a lot of people may not like it. A lot of people may not want to hear it. But Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy is another MVP candidate. Now, he isn't going crazy with four or 5,000 yards. He probably won't have that. He doesn't have about 40, 50 touchdowns. He probably won't have that. But he wins. His QBR is the best in the league. He's precise. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan um, schemes him up. Schemes him up. Uh, schemes and weapons that he can throw to, but he makes a throw. So, you know, I would like for people to stop saying, well, he makes him. How did Jimmy look? Jimmy G wasn't as good as this guy. You know, Jimmy was okay. But Brock Purdy, he it's like he sees it right away. It's like he sees through Kyle's eyes in a sense where he's saying, I'm not going to do too much. I'm going to do just enough. And he makes it happen. So I know you can always say, well, you can implement anybody in this offense. But how did Jimmy G look versus uh, Brock Purdy? So, not just everybody. I'll say that. Last thing, Debo Samuels. Debo Samuels has been talking crazy since last year. From the time he came and watched the Super Bowl, being interviewed on, obviously, TV with those sports shows and saying that they didn't belong, we belong. And he walked the walk and talked the talk. I mean, everything you wanted, everything you needed, Debo provided. I mean, the man had three touchdowns. Pretty much, I'm going to say it like this. If you can't tackle the San Francisco 49ers when they catch the ball, their yak is going to be insane. Yak meaning yards after carry. Those guys don't fall. 
they don't go down. You have to tackle them right away immediately, especially him. Like he's like a bowling ball with hands. The minute he catches the ball, you can't you can't tackle the guy. I mean, you pretty much got to take his legs out, and it isn't like he's some crazy 6'5", 260-pound Derrick Henry type of running back or anything. He's actually a wide, a wide receiver. You know, it, um, the only person I could think of that was similar to him but not as good was Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was a gadget guy that could do everything as well and very strong. But he's not in – Percy was really good. You know, migraines and all. He had a lot of migraines issues, so you never know how good he could have been. Could have been. But Debo Samuel is a different type of guy, man. I mean, Brock Purdy gets on the ball, and it's like he's going to score. Or he's going to get at least 10 to 15 yards after he catches the ball. And the same thing goes for IU. We know what Christian uh, McCaffrey does. Christian McCaffrey does. Um, again, George Kittle doesn't have to do much, but we know if he catches the ball, it's going to be yards after carry, yards after catch. And I might have said carry earlier. But yards after catch is what yak means. Just wanted to correct it just in case I said it wrong earlier. Um, yeah, man, um, this was – it should have been a great game, but it wasn't even close. What we're basically seeing is – when D-Ball is, is healthy, Brandon Ayuk is healthy, Chris McCaffrey is healthy, Trent Williams is healthy, those are different guys. Now, a lot of teams can say, hey, if certain players on their teams are healthy, we have a chance, but it's different with San Francisco for some reason. Those guys are just some type of – it's like they they change everything. You know, like I said, A.J. Brown, he's the best receiver on Philadelphia, and you believe Philadelphia maybe could still win some games without – him maybe I'm not sure maybe but having Debo Samuel and Trent Williams with the rest of the guys man it just feels like you can't beat them man they're just a different team they're just so balanced they run the ball they they motion a lot uh they run out the catch um they're crazy out the backfield you just you just never know and then when you have a guy like Trent Williams who's gonna make sure that your quarterback doesn't get touched and you you gotta give respect to Brock Purdy he doesn't make mistakes. Now, I'm hearing all these big things about, well, he's not from behind and he's not from behind. So what? So <laughs> if they're great, they don't have to play from behind 14 points. And it shouldn't even be talked about. We're in week 13 and people are still saying, well, when he's from behind, when he's from behind, not every quarterback is going to come from behind. There's great quarterbacks that do and there's some quarterbacks that don't. And he may be one of those quarterbacks that he doesn't come from behind. So I don't know why that's a big thing. He doesn't have to be elite or great. He can be very good in what he does, and he's very good in what he does. So let's allow him to be good in what he does and allow San Francisco as a unit to be great at what they do because at their best, it's not even close. Sorry I took a long time talking about that game, but it should have been better because this was the game we waited for. San Francisco blitz Philadelphia. 42-19, so Philly has some things to work on, and it doesn't get any easier for them because they have the Dallas Cowboys next up coming up this week now. We'll see how that goes Maybe because they didn't seem like they were beat up too much. They just seemed like they were just dismantled, two different things. And the Sunday night game, man, oh, man, the Sunday night game. So – Going into that game, you probably said, hey, Kansas City, Green Bay, why did they even have this on Sunday night, right? Why? 
Why do they have this on Sunday night? Because obviously it's worth it. Because, of course, we figured Kansas City would probably blow them out or, you know, Green Bay would make it a game, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't either. The fact of the matter is we have to say it. Kansas City are not who we want them to be, at least right now. Now, in the playoffs, it could be different. But right now, they suck. Their record doesn't show it, but that doesn't mean that. It happens all the time where people have a great record in uh, sports, but really they're not good. And I hate to say that, especially with Pat Mahomes, but they're not good, man. They're 8-4 now. They played the Green Bay Packers, who the Packers have been on a little winning record themselves, but nobody thinks the Packers are going to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they might not even make the playoffs. Now, they're in the process of making the playoffs. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in their quarterback. I don't believe in offense. But they looked really good this past Sunday. And Kansas City looked really bad from their offense to their defense because I don't think their defense is as good as we think. I think they've been playing um, higher than their actual ceiling. And now it looks like they're coming back down to their normal ceiling. Um, The Green Bay Packers receivers are young. They're fast. They're hungry. And they just show that they're more equipped to play against teams that aren't really good as long as their quarterback makes the right decisions. And that's pretty much what happened. Um, Jordan Love was doing what he needed to do, man. He was making all the right reads, all the right passes. He wasn't doing anything that he didn't need to do. And honestly, Kansas City didn't make him either. They're just not a good team at all. I mean, you could just see the the, um, confidence he had throughout the game. You know, um, you could kind of tell the way the game was teetering. Um, Kansas City might have a chance of coming back. Of course, we like Patrick Mahomes, so we always feel like as long as he has a chance, as long as he's within a touchdown and a field goal or even two touchdowns and it's enough time, he could win. But it wasn't like that. For as good as Patrick is, his offense isn't. Travis Kelsey gets triple teamed, sometimes double teamed, and um, he looks like he can't. I mean, he may be at the age where he can't get away from it. Or just the defenses are saying – they're following suits of blueprints of other defenses. Triple team him and allow the others to beat us. Marquez Valdez Scantlin can't. He's been proven that he's a third tier receiver, just like he was with Aaron when he was struggling, dropping passes. Now, there were some questionable calls at the end of that game, but honestly, if you're a Kansas City fan and you believe in Patrick Mahomes and that offense, it shouldn't have been that close in the first place. Now, anything could happen on any given Sunday. That's the phrase, right? But it shouldn't have been that day unless you're just a realist and understand that Kansas City isn't good. And Patrick Mahomes is the one who made the mistake. When they were close to winning the game, he threw the interception, which gave Green Bay the ball back, and they were able to go down and score, which made it now a double-digit, um, which made it now two scores where they had to win versus just one score. So the fact of the matter is Jordan Love is playing good. Green Bay is looking confident. They're trying to head in the playoffs. A lot of people are going to believe they're going to the playoffs. I don't, but it's a good start for them. I'm actually happy for them. Um, I know I'm a big fan of Aaron, but at the same time, I'm glad he was able to go where he want to be. I'm glad Green Bay was able to get Jordan Love to be who they think he can be, or at least for now. And hopefully the sky's the limit for him. Um, Again, it's all about rebuilding. Sometimes you have to recognize that when it's time to just say, okay, let's start over. And I think with that young quarterback and a young core of offensive guys, now the defense, they still have some, <clears throat> excuse me, they still have some young guys over there as well. A couple old guys mixed in. But again, it's all about rebuild. And they have a 6 and 6 record. 
They beat Kansas City 19-27. So be prepared for them to make some noise. Again, it all depends on who you play. You get that one game, and you just see how that works. Good luck to Green Bay, Kansas City. You need to figure it out because it's not looking good. All right, guys, real quick, um, just want to also remember, if you like the content I'm putting out and you want to keep continuing to watch and view the jar, be sure to smash that subscribe button and also in the comments, put things that you think I should talk about, um, suggestions that'll help with the facts or opinions that I'm putting out. And then maybe we can go over those. Just want to invest in you guys, just like you guys are investing in me and we can go in there again. Thank you guys for continuing to view the jar and I'll continue to bring you guys great content and we'll go from there. Now, the final game on the slate was the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we pretty much another game you walk into, you're thinking, and that's the Monday night game. Uh, Cincinnati doesn't have Joe Burrow. T. Higgins is back. They pretty much have their offensive weapons, but they don't have their quarterback. And in comes uh, Jacksonville, who's on a roll. Um, they beat their um, division rival, um, the Houston Texans. Um, they're eight and three. Um, they're pretty much rolling. It should be an easy game, right? Um, unfortunately it wasn't, um, Cincinnati came to play. Um, they really came to play. And for all of us who figured, Hey, they might not win or it might be a blowout. It just shows you how much talent that Cincinnati has. In comes this quarterback, Jake Browning. And honestly, if you looked at him last week, he looked okay. He looked serviceable. I'm big on serviceable. Because you don't always need the best quarterbacks. As long as your, team, your your defense plays okay, your offense still plays the same, your coach allows your team to be the best they can be with that version of quarterback, you have a chance. And the Jaguars aren't world beaters. They're pretty good, but they're not war, world beaters. And that's pretty much what it was. Jake Browning played a really good game. He threw for 350-plus yards. Now, here's what hurt the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I do believe they would have won that game. Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Someone stepped on his ankle. His offensive lineman stepped on his ankle. And honestly, that sealed the game. Now, I'll say it like this. Maybe the game shouldn't have been that close. But again, if you follow Cincinnati, you know their talent. And you watch last week and you know their quarterback looks like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. You would give them a chance because on, on paper, their talent is still better, in my opinion, than Jacksonville between the receivers and the running back. I think their talent is still better. And if their quarterback plays a certain type of way, they have a chance, not against everybody, but against teams like Jacksonville who are still trying to say, Hey, we're one of the top teams. They're not quite there, but they're still trying to get there. The minute Troy Lawrence got hurt, the minute he got carried to the back, you knew it was going to be a tough one. And you pretty much knew they might not win. Um, Jake Browning had been playing good. Trevor Lawrence had been playing pretty good. But honestly, I think Jake Browning won that game. Even if Trevor Lawrence didn't leave that game, Drake Browning was looking like the better quarterback. I don't know. Again, time to play his part, man. And the fact of the matter is Jacksonville has a problem on their hand because once again, we have another quarterback that went down to injury. This has been a very peculiar year of quarterbacks getting hurt, to say the least. Now, from what I'm understanding, Trevor Lawrence has a, a, a high ankle sprain. It isn't severe, like broken, or anything like that. It looked bad when his lineman stepped on him and then he was rolled up on. But, I mean, MRI came back clean from what I saw. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just following the things that they show on TV. So don't quote me on everything. I'm just following what I see. 
and he got to get back, man. Um, he has to get back because if Jacksonville wants to make any noise, and I mean any at all, they have to get themselves back established. I mean, again, you got the Houston Texans that's bearing down their back, so it isn't like it's going to get any better for them. More importantly, they play the Browns next. It's not going to get easy from there. Then they play the Ravens. It's not going to get easy from there. So hopefully Trevor will be back soon because they were set up to be leading the AFC. Now they could be set up to be in a wild card race just that fast if Trevor is really hurt for two or three games. That makes a difference. So hopefully, hopefully he comes back soon. But again, you got to give Cincinnati credit. They played the best they can play. They took them to overtime, and they did a walk-off field goal in overtime to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-10. So good luck to Jacksonville. Hopefully Trevor gets back right. Um, C.J. Brethard, I don't know how he's going to play. Um, I don't know. It's just a good team. You would hate to see the season go to waste because, um, again, I'm all about scaring teams, and they could be pretty scary in the playoffs depending on who they play. But without Trevor – they don't have a chance in hell. And this will conclude the NFL week 13 season schedule with the wins and losses. So you guys were able to see um, or hear, I'm sorry, um, the goods, the bads, the uglies for the teams you may or may not like. Um, but I do want to finish it up with our weekly power rankings for the NFL. Um, you know how it goes, right? You have week 13, you have all the games on schedule, and then it pretty much irons its way out to the top five. You know, again, it could all change, but as of right now, this is the list. Don't get mad at me. I'm just shouting it out. And then kind of giving my opinion on who could possibly be in there in the top five that aren't. Um, so it goes as the number one team, and I'm pretty sure you guys probably have an idea of that. If you don't, um, shame on you. The 49ers are the number one team in the NFL this week. They're nine and three. Pretty much at their best, they can't be beat. Simple as that. You line up their best against your best, they're the best. Simple as that. So they don't have the best record, but let's be honest, they beat two of the best teams really bad that we consider Super Bowl champions, that being uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. They beat them bad. So, um, yeah. The number two team, the Baltimore Ravens, they just keep winning. Great balanced attack. Um, that makes them dangerous, right? Lamar isn't playing the best QB this year. Um, honestly, it's kind of below average. But he doesn't need to. A great running game, a stout number two overall defense. And, again, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, especially like in the third and fourth quarter, this team could pretty much beat anybody. Um, it would be great to see. Now, in a couple of weeks, actually, not great to see. In a couple of weeks, still play the 49ers. That should be another game to watch, depending on how things iron out, if somebody lose or hopefully nobody gets hurt. But that'll be one for the um, – That'll be one for the season as well. But even then, it'll be great to see how they're if they were able to meet up in the playoffs. So uh, more more to come on that. We'll see. Um, but for now, the Baltimore Ravens are the number two team at nine and three. The number three team are the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they lost. Yes, they lost to the 49ers. The 49ers, in a lot of people's opinion, are the best team, at least for right now. So there's no there's no wrong in that. I mean, they're ten and two. They have the best overall record in the NFL, and they lost the game. So they've only lost two games, and one they lost bad. 
and that's okay. So um, I think for them, they just need to establish a running game. They don't have the same running game they had last year. Um, DeAndre Swift looks good sometimes running. Kenneth Gainwell, they look good running the ball, but it seems like they don't um, – I don't know. It's like they don't want to utilize their run game because they have those receivers. Um, and they also need their tight end Dallas Goddard back. Uh, Zach Ertz is a free, uh, he was released by the Arizona Cardinals. I think they should try to go back and get him. Uh, that would good. A, that would be a great reunion for him. And then you get Dallas Goddard back again, those two tight ends on the side, maybe it'll help the running game. Cause for now they're good. But I think if they get back to their running game and be more balanced, kind of like Baltimore, they'll have a better chance. They're still scary, but I just think they need to focus on running and less passing. The number four team is the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, I, um, I don't know. It's kind of, I think they're scary, but I don't know how scary they are. Again, they haven't played the top tier teams in one. They beat Seattle. That's, you know, that's a test, but it's not the test, right? The test is Philadelphia, who they play this upcoming week. They don't play San Francisco again unless it's in the playoffs, and they got stomped by uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they had the one blemish by the Arizona Cardinals, but that won't happen again, in my opinion. I just don't know how scary they are. I believe they're scary, but I don't know, and that's the thing. And sometimes that's what works, right? When you don't know, that's what makes you worry the most. So I think Dallas, I think they'll be okay. And the number 15 rounding out the top five is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, like the Dallas Cowboys, are 9-3, and three, like the Ravens are 9-3, and three, and like the 49ers are 9-3. and three. Again, they don't beat the best teams. They pummel the worst teams. So I don't know how good they can be or will be. I just know if they could, for some reason, get the number one overall seed in the AFC and have teams come to Miami, that could be a good thing for them. Again, that doesn't mean they're going to beat the best teams because they haven't. But you got a lot of speed. And a lot of heat. And if your body isn't used to it, those teams that they're playing could be in trouble. So I think they should really try to um, hunt for that number one overall seed. Because um, if you cannot slow this offense down, you will not win. Not with Tyreek. He's too much, man. And I didn't even mention uh, Jalen Waddle. I didn't even mention Raheem Mostert. And now they got um, a Cheney back. Um, this offense is incredible. Again, Tyreek Hill being the MVP candidate, 1,400-plus yards in Week 13. I think he's going to get 2,000-plus yards. Again, I spoke on he probably get 21 or 2,200 yards. Right now, I think it's a two-man race. A lot of people want to say Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill and Brock Purdy. You can sprinkle in Dak Prescott, but if you're being honest against the best talent, he plays pretty good, but they lose. And that's important, right? Because if they're going to take Jalen Hurts out of the three-man race because he lost, then they should consider that Dak Prescott doesn't win against the best uh, teams. Yeah, he plays pretty good, but they lose. So to me, it's a two-man race, Brock Purdy, Tyreek Hill. And if you want to sprinkle in Dak Prescott, then I'm going to sprinkle in Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to sprinkle in um, and I'm going to sprinkle in Jalen Hurts. Um, now, we do have some people in there that you guys may or may not want to be in the top five, that being Kansas City and the Detroit Lions. Don't forget about them. Kansas City having an 8-4 record. Detroit Lions having a 9-3 and three record, just like most of the teams in the top five. 
but I just don't believe Detroit. I don't believe anybody really believes in Detroit anymore. I think they're a good team, but I don't think anyone trusts them to be a better team than teams that I mentioned, rather it's the NFC or the AFC. I just don't believe it. Baltimore already showed them that they're not close because they destroyed them from jump. And then you got Kansas City, whose offense is subpar and their defense is fake, in my opinion. Um, so I think I think actually this top five this week is is actually accurate. Um, even the lineup isn't actually bad to me. Um, again, maybe I ought to kept the maybe I ought to put the Eagles at two, the Ravens at three, but I'm not mad at the Ravens being at number three because I mean they just keep winning, and you know sometimes you got to get credit for winning regardless if you played that week. So. This will round out this week 13 power rankings for the NFL. Um, you guys send me some comments. Let me know how you feel about it. Again, we're all critiquing it. It's not my list. I just see it, quote it to you guys, and go from there. But I want to thank you guys for continuing to watch me on the jar. I'm going to be showing you guys some NBA power rankings. Look out for that.